Welcome to this episode of UMBC's Miked Up Podcast. My name is Denise Cardona from the Office of Professional Programs at UMBC. Today we are joined by an alum of our UMBC Iowa Psychology graduate program, Twisha Takore. And she comes to us from India and we have a really great conversation about Iowa Psychology, her role in it, the things that she learned. And we hope that you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for being on here, Twisha. It's really wonderful to have you on the UMBC Mic'd Up podcast. Thank you so much, especially for considering me to be a part of this entire initiative. I really thank you from the bottom of my heart. Seriously, thank you. You're very welcome. Where are you coming from? So you are not in the States right now, right? You are somewhere else. Tell us where you are. So um, I'm currently residing uh, in a city called Ahmedabad, which uh, belongs to the state of Gujarat, and it's obviously in India. So yes, I'm back to my country after pursuing my master's uh, from the States, but it's really good to be connected to you. Oh, it's really great to have you here. It's so, I just love how technology lets us connect with people all over the world. That's true. Right? I mean, 10 years ago, this would not have been... It just wouldn't have been something that we could have considered. So it's really, it's really a great, wonderful benefit and move forward and with progress in the world. So yay for technology. So Twisha, when did you graduate from UMBC's IO Psychology graduate program? So I believe I graduated uh, in spring 2019. Ah, very nice. So right before the world had the pandemic hit. Correct. That's right. I mean, I feel blessed uh, at one point of time and a little bit privileged that uh, we were amongst the last batch or group of students who could at least complete our capstone project presentation um, with the clients while being with them in their office premises and also being able to present it, uh, you know, in class and not having Zoom uh, laptops or, or, or having the screens in between. So I, I'm really, really thankful for that. And you were able to get back home to India too, which I'm sure you're <laughs> grateful for. I am. It was so, uh, not a very pleasant journey uh, trip back home because it was exactly in the middle of a uh, pandemic when my country had started uh, these flights where uh, we had to uh, endist ourselves because they were pulling people to come back to their country safely. So yes, it, it was not that much of a pleasant experience because it was right in the middle of the first wave. So, oh, yes. Yes. So speaking of journeys and things like that, hopefully this will be more of a pleasant journey that we'll talk about. What sure. was your journey? What was your journey to get to UMBC at the universities at Shady Grove in the Iowa Psychology oh Program? My God. Okay, that takes me back to the memory lane. It's it's nostalgic and it's definitely a pleasant journey. So I'll start off like this. Um, when I was sure that I wanted to pursue industrial and organizational psychology, I started looking out for programs that uh, gave uh, both best of the both worlds. Um, I wanted to look forward to something that gave me practical experience along with the theoretical knowledge offerings. And UMBC was the best choice for me because I really did not wish to pursue for any PhD program. And I guess the entire approach 
of uh, you know how the program was designed in the first place because every single uh, semester we had courses that were offering us the opportunity to interact with clients and work with them in some or the other way right and that's the reason why i had researched umbc so much and I, and i was sure that even if i was going to get into another university which i did and i was getting a scholarship there i knew that umbc was my destiny and i'm so glad i did oh that's really wonderful to hear wow so what was it that made you choose umbc over whoever that other institution was <laughs> what made you choose umbc so as i said it's 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 the you know the practical exposure like how at any course that i picked up let's say for example a uh, survey design and development that was taken up by uh, uh you know uh, the professor she was very clear right from the start that you are going to be interacting with one of the potential clients and that's the reason that even today i know how in the practical world i'm able to apply the principles and theory of survey design so it's 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 that take away for me which was very special and i had looked up at all the testimonials from um, the alumni and they had said the same thing i mean i don't think so that everyone can just simply have a flowery language on their testimonial so it's it's, <laughs> it's all these experiences you know it's all these experiences that i was really sure that i wanted to be at umbc which which set them which set the university program very much apart and so you decided this from india you were living you were living in india Correct. at the time Correct. you were researching yes. us institutions where you could go and you found umbc Correct. well we're so happy that you found us <laughs> that you found your home with us for a little while <laughs> yes, yes absolutely <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Now, what are you doing right now in your current role? What are you using oh. what you learned in IO psychology? Oh, to major extent, yes. Um I start off like this that uh, industrial and organizational psychology, like IO psychology is not that much famous, so to say. Not everybody knows about the field or the application of field in India yet. but to my uh, surprise that i'm able to apply a lot of its aspects to my role because they have given me uh, the leverage of taking certain organizational development initiatives so um, i'm a senior executive uh, with a software engineering company that has its locations and its foothold in india as well as in the netherlands and uh, they provide it solutions so my job majorly is uh, to provide certain organizational development initiative related solutions or uh, strategic planning offer them insights into employee engagement and internal internal awareness branding of hr initiatives and uh, I think I'm 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 really happy that I'm doing all those things using the background and knowledge that I gained from uh UMBC's program. That's for sure. Yeah, and so my I'm curious if India is not rooted exactly in IO psychology mm-hmm. currently, how did you right. learn about the industry itself? What what was it that you 
learned and it piqued your interest and you said, I have got to study this. Um, so, you know, just like how we look at different memes on LinkedIn, uh, especially, uh, so there was this very small introductory chapter in my general psychology during my undergraduate program in India. And uh, it, it talked about leadership. And that is something that I have always connected with. So uh, my first thesis or my paper presentation was on leadership effectiveness. And that's how I got connected to the field of industrial and organizational psychology right from my undergraduate program. And I knew, knew for sure that even though I didn't wish to do clinical, it was not that IO psychology was my secondary option, but it had always been my primary interest because uh, how the qualities of a human are clearly linked to their performance and ultimately their efficiency and meaning they get out of the work and the satisfaction that they get out of work is what something that had always intrigued me into seeing what can there be more to this what can what science can prove more into this and that's why IO psychology, I, I just knew I had to go there in that direction. It's an, It sounds like a very fascinating career path. And, you know, if you think about it, we spend the majority of our waking hours in the work environment. And Absolutely. we. It, what a purposeful job it is to be able to come from the lens of, right. I want to help improve the lives and the mindsets of people who are out there in the industry working and putting, sacrificing their time with their family, with their, exactly. you know, their hobbies, with extracurricular activities, they Correct. are spending here. How can I better, how can I improve that process for them? Looking at it through the lens of psychology and how our minds work and how our passion points and where we derive happiness and all of that stuff. It's it's so beautiful you have put it there. I, I guess you, you you have just you know literally taken words from my mind and uh, translated into English so well. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's it. We have the paragraph now. We have the snippet. We can put it out there in the world. <laughs> no, but I just I've been reading a lot. I have been reading so many books lately about mindset and happiness and mm -hmm. and being able to find that that pathway that makes you want to get up in the morning that makes you not put, hit the snooze button on your alarm clock that makes you say i want to go make a, a difference in the world i want to make an impact and sometimes for some people that making an impact is like far and wide but for mm -hmm. some other people it could be just for me the when i wake up in the morning i want to know that yeah. i've helped touch one person in the world that's at least so one person if i can at least make an impact on one person in it could be a small way. It could be bringing a cup of tea to my, to my husband. It could be anything. Right. If I know that I've right. made somebody happy and shifted their perspective and their mood, then mm -hmm. feel like I've been successful. And so uh, what a great thing that you could, you could translate that sort of stuff, looking at and analyzing how a workplace is defined, exactly. set up, how they encourage and engage and interact with their employee base. It sounds so purposeful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What kind of skills and knowledge base do you, did you take from the program and now mm -hmm. you can sort of apply it into what you're doing right now? What, what are some of the core ones that you would say? 
first core knowledge that has helped me to even get through right from the internship uh, phase to my first job and now to uh, my second job in India is just one. I'm so glad I took that course and that's job analysis. Job analysis is like the core for everything. I, I feel like, you know, it's like that ingredient which you have to use for every recipe. You want to find out what's wrong with the training, go do the job analysis. You want to set the KRAs, KPIs for even more than 50 roles, just go to job analysis. You want to try and even start implementing uh, strategic plans for your next year. Job analysis is the first key, is your answer. It's, 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 like, it's like a magnifying glass that can literally make you look through every small detail because it's that one particular job and the aspects around it which has helped me to do and perform my role effectively. So every single time I had to come up with any kind of solutions for senior leadership, even in my current role, I would simply turn and uh, you know start doing this entire job analysis process that I learned from uh, the IOSIC program. And I guess uh, even though like, you know, uh, the people in my uh, company, they don't know what it means. They're like, oh, she's doing her thing again. <laughs> so <laughs> so you bring it, you're bringing that value and they don't even realize, yeah. they're not even sure what, what the mechanism is for that, you bringing <laughs> that value, but you are bringing that value because of the, the skills that you learned. And I would imagine that part of that analysis it's it's about asking really great questions. That's right. True. It's being uh, able to find, ask those questions that mm -hmm. none, maybe other people aren't even asking, coming at it from different types of angles, exploring all the angles in order to find out what the findings are, what the root cause, causes are, Correct. and then being able to intelligently and I guess, you know, through solid research, be able to mm -hmm. provide recommendations to be able to That's close true. those performance types type of gaps. So, uh, you know, I, what I have understood is, is, is the first uh, quality that uh, I had to adapt was to know the terms of every industry because IO psychology is like, it's industry agnostic. It fits everywhere. So the first job was to know the terms and the second job was to know what the management or senior leaders always wanted and wanted to know what was causing a problem or what they wanted to achieve in the first place. And job analysis had answers to everything, but I guess it was not just the job analysis, the process of it, the process of asking the right questions lied in the survey design and development lessons that I just talked to you about. Right. So it, it, it was a combination of two and at the same time realizing how, um, the role of HR, specifically the management side, gets absorbed in this entire process. So mm. it, it, it was at, at every different stage, I have realized that how different courses have helped me to at least complete the piece of the puzzle, especially uh, when it came to uh, employee effectiveness and productivity. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's a lot of different skill sets that you're referring mm-hmm. to here that come into play to be able to do a really thorough, deep analysis. I mean, you've got to be oh, able to sure. construct survey questionnaires, interview questions, exactly. a focus group, possibly if you're doing focus groups, exactly. uh, you need to be able to put that that detective hat on, right? And really dig deep to find what is it that people are walking over and not even realizing? What is that? And then, you know, what a cool feeling that must be. It must be kind of fun solving a puzzle like that. And then see, yes, and seeing the excitement on the people who you're, you're, you're now you're handing this kind of the, your recommendations and your findings over to them and yes. it must be kind of fun to be able to blow them away that way. Correct. I guess speaking of recommendations, you know, the major part is how um, I, a psychologist, turned the entire data analysis report, turned the numbers into a story. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> So that that that's uh, the part, you know, when they're like, okay, these are graphs. Now what? So that's the part where the entire uh, foundation or the functional knowledge of research methodology comes into a major picture because you are now able to turn, look at any kind of glitches, biases that is happening, any any uh, any chaos that is going inside that entire data set, and then translate it in a manner where people are able to understand. And that's the beauty of it. That is the beauty of st- storytelling is at the heart of most anything, most anything. Yeah. We, as human beings, we relate to stories. I mean, that has proven proven true throughout the ages, yes. you know, around campfires and, and things like that. That's where stories are told. And that's how legends and that's not legends. That's how facts and, and cultures mm-hmm. and history are passed down from generation to generation. And so our minds, I believe, are geared towards that storytelling, the beginning, the middle, the end. We, we want that resolution. We want to be able to have that cycle, right? And if you can do that, what a powerful skill set that is. And I, I mean, anybody who's listening in, I would, I I would encourage you to look at data, especially through the lens of storytelling, storytelling, because the people on the other end, now you've, I am sure that you have different uh, clients that you have to pass this information Mm -hmm. to. So some of them are probably, you know, very higher up, some of them are maybe okay. mid-level. Some are maybe right there with you, you know, doing right. doing the analysis, whatever. You need to be able to translate this for the different audiences too, right? Okay. Is that a challenge so, to be able to do that? Um, I guess there's a challenge at every stage. The challenge begins right from explaining what is an IO psychology. So I guess we've already, you know, uh, we're ready for the challenge because we are already trained right from the fact of explaining what is IO psychology. But yes, um, especially when it comes to, you know, different industry people and at different levels, the stakeholders and their interest areas also change. Right. So uh, they are going to be able to understand not in the terms that IO psychologists speak, so it is not just a challenge. I say that uh, just how you said right now, it's speaking in their own language, telling a story in which they would understand, yeah. especially using the terms with which they are familiar. 
So let's say if I have to talk to any of my senior stakeholders, I would have to portray it in a manner in which they were expecting uh, the results to come out versus the truth and the reality that they are facing, but in a way which is also appealing to their business needs and requirements. Yes. Versus, versus when... Um, it comes to the people who are going to execute the strategies, right? They will need to know not just like the root cause analysis, but they will they would also need a consulting side of an IO psychologist with every detail as to what to incorporate in their uh, behavior, maybe in their plan of action, or maybe in their task management system, or maybe in their learning and development initiatives to make sure that they achieve the business needs and requirements that are set by the senior leaders. Hmm. Yeah, there's a, there there's are, a lot to unpack there. Exactly. And then there are people who are um, not the executioners, but they are they're the people who are going to get the effects of the strategy being executed upon them, who will need a translated version as to why this entire uh, thing is happening with them in the first place. Why do they need a training in certain behaviors? Why do they need certain change in the way they are working? And why, why do they need to change the way they are working just because they want to go from X to Y? So it's it's I guess these three levels I have tried to you know understand at every different level. But yes, as IO psychologists, the psychology part of it is what we will have to like take from you know um, uh, from from the books and and try and implement it just so to ensure that strategies satisfaction and efficiency are all together on the same plane. Mm, that is so well stated. Whew. My goodness, what a really <laughs> great conversation about IO psychology this has been. <laughs> you know, it's really about connecting. I, I think of it, I like to think in analogies and I, I think about a roadmap. And so your different, your different clients, uh, you know, you're painting a roadmap for each one of mm -hmm. them. And you have to connect yes. the dots going back to the storytelling aspect. It's yes. connecting the dots and the dots that are relevant to them. So not all dots right. are going to be relevant to this level, this client or this client or this client. Exactly. And exactly. I, I would imagine that's got to be really satisfying to be able to just put that cap on and, and look at it from that way. So you're doing the analysis work and then afterwards you get to have fun. Cause I, I think it's really fun. <laughs> you get to have fun dissecting this analysis of everything that you, all your findings and recommendations, and then putting it into a nice presentation that people mm -hmm. will understand on their level. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now my last question to you is what advice yeah. would you give somebody who is considering entering this world of IO psychology? Oh my gosh. There's so many thoughts running through my mind. Um, so I had a lot of juniors uh, uh, coming to me. So uh, in India, uh, there's a junior-senior uh, system. Okay, so if anybody who is older to me, 
um, in educational front, I would have to address them as a senior. And, um, you know, it's sort of like taking advice from them. Um, a lot of juniors in uh, my uh, known circles tend to think that just because they want to pursue a career in psychology, but don't want to go into the clinical field, they can take up an IO psychology. It's not the case. Oh. Mm -hmm. so that's, you know, uh, what I mean to say is that if you really want to understand what IO psychology is, it's all about trying to have a very, uh, a very balanced act between the ruthless corporate strategies that are already going on into the world, which are only concerned with numbers. And on the other hand, you have the people aspect. And somewhere you are in between mediating these two different versions. And as mm -hmm. a psychologist, you'll be bringing that element of such psychological principles to ensure that the human element is protected at all costs. If that's the value that you carry, then yes, please go ahead and pursue your psychology. If that's the value that you do not resonate with, there are other fields as well. <laughs> that's a really great way to put it. That's, and gosh, you just summed it up so nicely. For anybody listening who was either on the, maybe on the fence or maybe never even heard of biopsychology and now they're like, oh, wait a second, this sounds really intriguing. So it, you, you played to both of those, which was really nice. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> what was your biggest takeaway from the IO psychology program at UMBC? The biggest takeaway from uh, UMBC IO psychology graduate program was uh, the mentorship part the mentoring program and and uh, the entire advisory board uh, that Dr. Lassen introduced to us, it's something that is always gonna stay with me forever because it's not just uh, an opportunity for networking, it opened up uh, my ins my insights into what actually uh, the people who are trying to establish milestones in the field of IO psychology, who they are, like the faces of people uh, in the field of uh, IO psychology, what they are doing and the creating milestones and creating history, the advisory and the entire mentorship program and the advisory members. It's, it's something that, I, that I'm always going to carry with me because uh, I have connections with my mentors even today. Uh, I, I, I look up to them, I talk to them, I make sure that uh, whenever I'm stuck, uh, I take their advice. So it, that is something that I, I, I would, it, it's, a, it's a unique quality about the UMBC IO Psychology's uh, graduate program, that's for sure. Oh, that's great. Now, I love to end each podcast with a sort of professional development lesson. So okay. a couple of questions. What is, your, <laughs> what is your favorite quote? What is it? What, what is that one quote that resonates with you? Okay. Um, that's a quote uh, that, you know, applies to both uh, professional as well as uh, personal life, uh, which my husband always keeps on saying to me, hope for the best, make sure you do your best 
and expect nothing in return. Mm, that's powerful. That is definitely a framework that you, to be able to like, yeah. frame that and look at that every day, morning and night, exactly. to remind you <laughs> of what's really important <laughs> and how to how to present yourself present yourself in the world. Exactly. Mm. exactly. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite book that you'd like to share? Um. So there are two favorite books that I have. Uh, the first one is Wise and Otherwise uh, by Sudha Murthy. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, she's one of the co-founders of TCS. And she was a woman who was uh, having this entire, uh, you know, breaking the glass ceiling right from the start of her career. And all her... Uh, lessons she has quoted down beautifully in this book called wise and otherwise and especially as a young girl it impacted me a lot and the second one is um, do epic shit which is by ankur variko and uh, i i guess anybody who is trying to be you know like trying to uh, question themselves it's a book for them because the confidence with, through which I got from that book. I don't think so. I'll be ever be like, I'll always be forever grateful to that author. So yes. Absolutely. And one last question. Finish this phrase for me. Success is. Success is the outcome of endless, diligent, honest efforts with absolutely dedicated time and true heart that you put into. Mm, I love that. That's yeah. a really great definition of success. And what I love about that is it's attainable and achievable no matter what you are measuring. Exactly. If it's, exactly. I'm going to make someone smile today, you can measure it according to what you just said. It's not like this unattainable, like you have to do all of these things before you can reach success. You can reach it in this moment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Twisha, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been a wonderful conversation. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved meeting you. I'm so excited that we were able to connect from our different country points and be able to just have this really great conversation about a field that sounds amazing. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure has been mine, especially for you to even consider me again. Thank you. Thank you. This was <laughs> one last thing, uh, one Indian gesture, like namaste. I hope you have a great day ahead. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of UMBC's Mic'd Up podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to learn more about our offerings, please do a search for UMBC's IO Psychology Graduate Program, or if you are watching this in video format, scan the QR code on the screen.